Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and I, Kent Miller, for the next couple of uh, hours as we talk sports with you, recapping a busy weekend on the gridiron, sprinkled in a little baseball as we are down to a... Well, at most, two games left in the Major League Baseball season. We'll do that for a couple of minutes at some point, I'm sure. Recap the Clones and the Hawkeyes. A little NFL sprinkled in. We'll go around college football. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman, our friend from The Athletic. Uh, he was in West Lafayette on uh, Saturday. He will recap that and look ahead uh, to, all of a sudden, a... Tougher than you maybe thought game when the schedule came out is Northwestern just pounded the crap out of Maryland on Saturday night. But maybe they have a quarterback. Uh, but, uh, so we'll talk to Doc at the bottom of the hour. Topping, uh, starting off, rather, hour number two will be our friend Bama Bob. Trent Bama and I will go around college football, recapping what we saw in all of the major conferences, including a group of five school in Cincinnati who maybe stamped themselves as a major, major player for a Fiesta Bowl berth. And then Dave Sproul, he'll listen into Matt Campbell at about 10 after 11 and join us at the bottom of the hour uh, to give us the latest. If anything comes of that, recap what we saw in Stillwater and look ahead to a, a game against Kansas. Rive State is favored. What did you tweet out at some point yesterday? 29? 29 was the opening number at Circus Sports. Pretty big one there. It is settled down to about 28. Jeez. Is what you're seeing consensus across Four the touchdowns. board. touchdowns. It's a big number. Yeah. No puka. No, well, look, uh, not much of a team. Let's be no. honest with you. Jayhawks aren't much. All right, anyways, I don't know where we should start. I do at some point want to find just a few minutes, maybe not even minutes, to talk about maybe the greatest plays I've ever seen in sports, period. The quadruple doink? That was pretty cool, too. By the way, I sent that to Mediacom for Did our you? show on. Yeah, that was pretty cool. No, DK DK Metcalf. Oh, I mean, man. my God, Trent. 22.6 miles an hour running him down. This is a six foot four, 230 pound man. And he looked it. A lot of people were putting out like a cyborg in a in some sci-fi movie chasing down, you know, the person running. He looked like a different species. He really did, Trent. And here's the thing: he had to briefly slow up. I mean, he just really not. He didn't miss a stride, mm-hmm. but he kind of had to um, navigate around one guy. And it just it was unbelievable. Buda Baker is not. No, he's not slow. He ran. Nico Noga out there trying to run the football out. He ran a four four five at the combine and got chased down from and ten got yards. Chased by. down by DK Metcalf again. Six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. What a play! What a game! What a way to finish the weekend uh-huh. uh, in sports. Starting on uh, you know Friday night with uh, getting a look at Wisconsin and getting a look at Graham Mertz, who's going to be a problem. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's going to be a problem. Maybe not for the next. 
next few weeks. That's true, right? So we have you heard anything? He tested positive yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now they'll do whatever the definitive test is. Yep. I guess there's the first test is where we see these false positives more times than obviously the test they're going to do right. to confirm it. But we haven't seen anything, but it's certainly worth watching closely as he would have to miss three games, including a trip to Lincoln this week, mm-hmm. as they will take on the Huskers. Boy, it was great to see Big Ten football. Watching Fields just dismantle uh, Nebraska. He, he had one incompletion. So did Mertz. But the, but the one ball that was will go show up as an incompletion for Fields was a ball that was right in the receiver's hands, and he got rocked in the end zone, and it caused him to fumble the ball when he came down to the turf, or otherwise he would have been perfect. Ohio State, it didn't feel like played great. Trent, they can't run the ball. There's, there's warts on that team. I agree with you. And I think Sermon, once he gets a little more acclimated, I think he's going to be a big help to that running game. But the offensive line that... Well, they got a big opt-in that came back to yeah, that line. The right tackle. didn't Our right I, guard, rather. You know who played really well for Nebraska was Will Honus. I, I agree with you. He was the yep. guy that jumped off the screen. And the front seven in general, they lost three of their top guys from a year ago. Oh, boy, how bad are they going to be again? They got some dudes over yep. there. They, they, they're at least defensively in a game where they give up what they give up. Ultimately, well, 52. And then Ryan Day apologizes to Scott Frost after the game. That's worse, I think. Than well, just... Do you buy this garbage? Come on, Ryan Day. Don't don't pee in my head and tell me it's raining. No, you, you mean I don't have the right guys in the, to put a knee on it. Come on. Well, it was it was well, a it's young football. Player. I get it. I've uh, seen seventh grade football put a knee down. They yeah, they know how to do it. The right. backups in seventh grade know how to put a knee on the football and mm-hmm. run out the clock. I didn't have the right guys out there to do that. That's garbage. Well, I think what he meant was he had a young player on the field who was excited to be on the field. He knows he's not going to be on the field. Well, maybe he will because they're going to win a lot of games right. by big scores. I don't know. Um, look, there was a game later on that night. Was it BYU that faked the punt up 49-16 to with six minutes, six minutes left? And they're running a, a, a fake punt. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was worse that they actually apologized. That's salt in the wound. Right, right. That's how I took well, it. Well, and the explanation, it just... Yeah, I'm with you. It didn't right, make guys. sense. All right, so let's uh, do the needle movers. I don't care where we start. We can start with... Uh, well, let's do Iowa first because okay. they finally uh, got back on the field and we'll get to a... Uh, and I think I figured out what's wrong with Iowa State. It's, it's, to me, it's pretty simple. But that in a second. Um, the Iowa game... Trent, there's a lot of people down on Spencer Petras. Mm-hmm. It was his first start. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the problem. I don't think it is either. Now, you couldn't stop the run. No. That's a big problem. That's a huge problem. At least in game one, it was a big problem. Now, when you're without linebackers, Uh you're without Jack Campbell, who was going to be the starter. Right. Seth Benson, his backup, wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Jamon Colbert, obviously, is opted out. out. And Dylan Doyle is Is playing for Bear. So that's four of your guys that you were expecting to be a part. But you can't stop the run against Purdue. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. That's a problem. And I no, think that's and, bigger and, and, and than Spe- Spencer Petras. That's yeah, I agree. He missed throws. Yep, he had rough times. Would you rather have Zach Wilson, who's putting up huge numbers at BYU and might be a first round pick? Uh-huh. Well, maybe that's a, a conversation we'll have down the line. That's not where the problem is. I'm with you, Trent. I'm it's two fumbles. I mean, more yep. than anything, it was the two fumbles, and Here- one was a friendly fire fumble. Oh, right? How about that peanut Tim- uh, Tillman yeah. pop out? Right. Punching the ball out from your offensive lineman, you don't expect that. So I've, Bill Connolly, who works for ESPN now, has been a longtime college football writer, an analytic writer mm-hmm. in the college football world. So if you just take a look at any predictive measure, and when they put everything together, here's the yards, here's the game went. Iowa, 
would win this game 81% of the time. 19% chance that Purdue would win this football game. They did. Yeah. But I think maybe we are seeing a little bit too much of overreaction. Oh, boy. This is it for Ferentz. This is feeling... I, I saw a lot. This feels like Hayden's last year. Well, slow down. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I can't go there yet. Yeah, I don't see that at all. That last Hayden team was awful. Terrible, right. And this team is not that. No. But you need to get Smith-Marset involved. Without and a doubt. he needs to get his head screwed on yes, straight. he does. Because he was complaining. Yep. I don't know if it was the officials or if it was his quarterback. He came or what back he, to a huddle and he was not a happy camper. Yes. Can't have nope. that. We agree. And the other... I want to get your perspective on this. Over 100 yards of penalties. Yeah, with 10 penalties for 100 yards, yeah. Only the eighth time in the Ferentz era that they've had over 100 yards mm-hmm. in penalties in a game. Do we connect the dots to what happened this summer? Do we connect the dots? What do you mean, a lack of discipline? Discipline. Uh, if it keeps happening, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm willing to go there yet. But it's something to at least keep on the back burner. Yeah. Because this regimented, mm-hmm. disciplined... See, I think I, I chalk it up to game one. You do. As much as anything. But Purdue now, didn't have 10 penalties. No, it's true. But I, that's a file a clip and save for later. Yes. For me, I, I think that is fair. But something just to, to have in the back of your mind. Uh-huh. And some of those penalties were just atrocious. Yeah. Like guys bouncing on the offensive line multiple times. They shot themselves in the foot. They're a better football team than Purdue. Mm-hmm. They lost. That's frustrating. But I'm not willing to go down the line that... It's all over for Iowa football. That this is the end of times for Kirk Ferentz. No, I don't think it is either. Now, there's a lot of people that even prior to the game that felt that this was going to be it, especially when you consider what went on this summer. I'm not willing to go there yet. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more willing to, you know, talk about what went on in the football game, and I would agree with you 100 percent on Smith Marset. He needs to get his head on straight. They need to get him the football more. Um, I was not as as down as some folks are on on Spencer Petras. Look, Xander Horvath. Uh, is a really difficult running boy. He's a strong SOB. He, he gave more Hawkeyes rides on his back after they first made contact with him, carry him down the field, and maybe cover David Bell. Might be a, a pretty good idea at some point. Now, you probably never see him again. Um, he, he's their weapon. I mean, the, the best player, I think, on either team couldn't answer the bell in Rondell Moore. And yet, um, Purdue walks away with the win. Again, David Bell might be a better NFL player. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Rondell Moore it? is a slot guy. Yeah. And though those guys can be effective. Uh-huh. Kansas City's got one. Yeah, they do. And, and that kind of speed. Does Rondell Moore have that speed? It's been so long since I I've know. seen him. I mean, you go back to the game against the Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. yeah, and it sure looked like he was. He did, yeah. Um, I don't know if the uh, there's a lot of... Uh, John Miller was not happy with this. He thought that Goodson was... Um, you know they. Where did he go in the in in the in the fourth quarter? I'll tell you as much as anything would piss me off at that game. The clock management at the end of the first half. Oh, absolutely! I mean, Bing Bang down the field with your first time starting quarterback, and then you get where inside the red zone. Where were they? Ten yard line, eleven, whatever it was. Then you decide to run the football, spike the ball, get spike another play, the ball, right? Get exactly. a chance into the end zone. You've got one timeout left. Yes, do something different than what they've done. And this is not the first time we've had this conversation. No, Iowa not. late game situations, late clock situations, it's bad. It is bad. And it was bad again. Yep. You put 20 up against Purdue. Brian Ferentz. Mm. Brian Ferentz is an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been great. Nope. The USC game was great. Holiday Bowl. <laughs> the, the Ohio State game three years ago, that yeah. was great. Yeah. But for every one of those, 
there's two, maybe three clunkers. And I put this in a clunker category. You put 20 up, yes, there were fumbles. Two red zone fumbles yep. will kill Huge. you. But you had to settle for a couple of field goals. Mm-hmm. Even when you drove in there a couple of different times, 20 points against Purdue, it's not good enough. I, Brian Ferentz, when you look at the numbers, it's not good enough. No, I'm with you, and, they, and they've got weapons. What I will say is uh, it was good to see uh, that Ferentz actually, instead of punting the football, um, when they they got the ball to Reganey on a fourth and four. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it yeah. was. It was late in the game anyways. So Iowa starts 0-1. Uh, all of a sudden, this game with Northwestern. Oh, it's huge. After watching them on Saturday night, and I, I flipped back and forth between that and the uh, Michigan-Minnesota game. Michigan's got a quarterback, by the way, uh, I think. I you think, think so? Yeah, I do. I, I think he's a really good I player. think Minnesota does have a defense. Well, um... Minnesota's defense was awful. Okay, but I still think I still think that this kid's really good. Joe well, Milton's what's really name. good? He's good enough to beat Ohio State? I don't know if, I don't know if Alabama's been good enough to beat Ohio State. Is he good enough to beat... Even Penn State, even yes. the way that game went. Yes, I think so. I okay. think I, I think this is the first time that Harbaugh's had a quarterback. Again, this was his first start too. It was, and he's six foot five, and he's and he's he's tough to get down. A lot of people, and I got to tap the brakes here, compare him to a you know Cam Newton. Oh yeah, Light. heard a lot of that. Heard a lot of that. Um, he can throw the ball a mile. He can run the football. He's tough to get on the ground. He's a big quarterback, and it's the first time I think Harbaugh's had a quarterback. Meanwhile, Iowa State. I think it's really simple. Trent, when it comes to Iowa State and what they're missing. They're missing Tariq Milton because they don't have anyone else other than Hutchinson who can catch the football. They have no trust in Shaw, in Skates. Uh, Akers has had his moments, not enough of them. Uh, Jackson, the freshman, Wilson. They have, other than the tight ends, they don't have a second option at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be Kohler. It's going to be Hutchinson. And I think with the exception of maybe one throw in the game, that's all Purdy did. Yeah. He didn't look to anybody else. and Maybe he looked, but they weren't available. And we go back to the Louisiana game, and one of the things when we reconvened on Monday morning was, oh, my God, they didn't get any separation. No. There was none whatsoever. And apparently that's still a problem. Oklahoma State is really good. Iowa State's offensive line went up against the defensive line with a pulse. Maybe for the first – and it's not like they played awful, but they were – they were in a real fight, that that offensive line. Brees Hall's going to get his. Purdy is going to have to win a football game this year. Yes. He's yeah. going to have to take his team on his back. But And we haven't seen him be able to do that. I this think year. it's because he doesn't have a second option as much as anything. So I remember the targets, too, in that first game against Louisiana. Uh, Hutchinson had like four catches, something uh-huh. like that, in the game. But he had 13 targets. Same thing here. Mm-hmm. Eight catches. No separation. But there's nobody else. You're, you're right. Without Milton. Mm-hmm. But Sean Shaw, is he too slow? I don't know. He became, it sounds, seems like He's it. He's got the size. Absolutely. He's six, six, foot seven, six. Six, six whatever he is. He's a monster out there. Mm-hmm. Joe Skates is one of the highest ranked recruits they've ever gotten. Yeah. And we've seen a couple of glimpses, a couple of big plays. But is it just consistency with him? Is it route running? Whatever it is. But you're exactly right. Without any other options. And yes, the tight end room's nice. Yeah. But yeah. you're still in the Big 12. You How did Kohler to... catch that ball, by oh, the way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Allen's a nice yep. second tight end. Yep. And Saner, all right, mm-hmm. you're in good shape. But without an extra wide receiver, yeah. you're not going to win a bunch nope. in the Big 12. Nope. You're, you're going to run into trouble. It's not going to happen this week against Kansas. But when you look forward, and you still have to beat Kansas State, mm-hmm. Texas, West Virginia, Baylor, you have to beat those teams. You're not going to be able to do it. The defense is excellent. 
Yep. And we saw that again. The defense is really good. But Brock Purdy's not the same guy that we saw the last two seasons. And, and the wide receiver group? I think that's that's part and parcel, yeah. maybe a big part of it. I really mean that. I think it's, you know, the lack of Tariq Milton on this football team. And, you know, he's day-to-day. <laughs> but that, well, I don't know what that means. No, we, no. we don't know if day-to-day means he's literally day-to-day. We'll see him or, in the spring. Or we'll see him. We don't know. But, no. boy, they should certainly need him. Uh, Brees Hall was terrific. Yeah, the the tackling at times was a little, you know, there was a lot of missed tackles in that football game for Iowa State, but you got to give the guys that are causing those missed tackles uh, a lot of credit. Look, um, Sanders is a pain in the you-know-what, right? He's he's going to be a problem, and he was a problem. Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, he's a pain in the you-know-what. I thought Wallace, for the most part, they did a pretty good job effectively shutting him down because he's one of the... Maybe the preeminent wide receiver uh, in the Big 12. It all comes down now, to me anyways, is, is the K-State game. And what, is it three weeks, Trent, or two weeks? Oh, let's see here. I think there's a buy still, Brink. Jeff and Derek will get you right away here. Hang so on. we got Kansas this week, yeah. Baylor the week after, Without two bye week, backs. the 14th, yeah. and then the 21st, yeah, will be the Kansas game. So three games the away, K-State but game. yep. a, a month before Iowa State, K-State. Well, hopefully Tariq Milton is back by then. I think yeah. that's exactly what they need. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. Scott Dockerman at 1030. If you want to chime in, we'd love to hear from you. 2845. Five nine six six is the phone number. Uh, Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football. Look forward to doing that, and then Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Jeff is first. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Good guys. How are you? Good. All right. So, like usual, I'll throw some ideas at you guys. Uh, first thing, uh, again, you know the Dodgers are not where they are. They lose a game Saturday, two two. Here comes Kershaw. And everybody out there talking about, oh, Kershaw's passed. They are not going to win. If they do win the World Series, Kershaw will be 2-0, and has not won two games consecutively ever in the postseason, mind you. Yep. 2-0 with a crystal clear 2.3 ERA. And if they go seven, he'll probably pitch an inning, and he'll mm-hmm. probably be MVP of the World Series. So it's Could time happen. to put respect on Kershaw's name. He's had a great 2020. Um, second, third thing, Iowa football. You know, you guys have mentioned it because I was on hold for a while. When you have 10 penalties and you let Purdue run over 100 yards, it's tough to win a ball game. But I'll give Trent this because he says this with Iowa State. If Iowa wins a couple games, okay, they lost to Purdue, just like how Iowa State lost to Louisiana. So if I'm an Iowa fan, I'm not, you know, jumping out a window here. I'm going to give, you know, the coaching staff some time to work out some kinks. It was the first game. You know, like I said last week, though, if you bet Iowa over under, it's nervous time because yeah. now you got to find five wins. And um, what they did show week one, I would be nervous. Yeah. Iowa State, here's the deal. You know, you guys mentioned it with Purdy. You know, he goes 19 for 35, 160 yards. That's not good enough. You know, you guys mentioned it. He's got to take a game, you know, on his shoulders, well, you got Kansas, you got to buy, you got K-State. It's got to be that time. It's at home. It's time to put up or shut up. If he's a top-five quarterback like some people think they are, well, they need to get drug tested. <laughs> but he he needs to show it. So put up or shut up. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Appreciate Jeff. the call. Uh, Derek is next. Derek, welcome to Miller & Condon. What's on your mind, Derek? Love the show, fellas. Thank you. My problem with the Iowa State game was my boy, Hall, at 185 yards halfway through the third quarter, and we more or less quit running him, and Purdy had 109 yards passing. 
in at that time. Keep running the horse. <laughs> He was He's having to break one. He's got to break another one. Yeah, he had a couple of uh, unbelievable that that play where they he he went around the left side and there was nobody. Yeah. What a tremendous play call, uh, really was. Derek, anything else? I just don't understand why we quit running. The yeah, guy. no, they, you were doing some good against him, no doubt about yeah. it. Appreciate. Oh, sorry, Derek, I cut you there. I didn't realize you had something else. Uh, they, they need. He needs. Purdy needs help. Mm-hmm. Pretty needs Tariq Milton to be Tariq Milton again in a big, big way. Linebackers were terrific. Ashim Young, when he missed that, um, he missed the first half. He came in. Oh, you know what? There's a cyclone I'd never heard of before, and I saw him on the field. I want to get the. I need to go to the depth chart. I have no idea. Forty three is his number. Um, uh, where are you? Forty three. Davis. Ah, uh, yes, Davis. Deshaun Davis. Deshaun yeah. Davis. Trent. I'd never seen him until this week. I'm not saying this is the first time he played. He's not big. But he made some plays. He did, He's got yeah. a nose for the football. Absolutely. Uh, and we're looking at it right now. Redshirt freshman. Another nice piece. Another nice piece. Isn't it funny how different Iowa State is built now with Campbell? From the defensive line to the mm-hmm. linebackers. Mm-hmm. Guys like Davis just pop out. Yep. The linebackers are excellent. Defense yep. as a whole is really, really good. I thought Anthony Johnson did a really nice job on Wallace, who's a really good player. But Derek brought up a really good point. They had that possession the the early in the fourth quarter, and the penalty killed him there. Yep. Had, had the false start, moved him back, and then a couple incompletions for Purdy. They come out the next time with the football, a couple incompletions. It, it just... Yeah. I'll tell you what killed him, in, in my opinion anyways. you, you the, uh, Brees Hall's first run. You're down. You're you're up seven zip. You look like you're a pretty good bet to go up. Admit, I shouldn't say ten nothing because Asali would miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you score there, it's fourteen nothing. Mm-hmm. They ran a blitz up the middle, and it was a great defensive call, Oklahoma State. Purdy was called for ground. He was still inside the tackles. Right. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of a. Was he throwing the ball away? Yeah. But was Brees Hall within five yards? Yes, I think he was. And. Clearly, the pressure caused the ball to, you know, to not go as far as it would have. Uh, but that was a call that was just—I mean, instead of keeping a drive alive because there was nobody around Hall, he was going to pick up the first down at minimum. Keep the drive alive. Maybe you're going. Maybe it's fourteen nothing. Maybe it's a different football game at that point because Oklahoma State gets the ball back. Momentum's on their side. Boom! It's fourteen. It's, it's seven to seven instead of fourteen to zip. I thought that was a big play call. Again, it was it was really close. Do you remember what I'm, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess it didn't even occur to me, you know, that he was even that close because mm-hmm. it, it had all the markers. Of, yeah, that's grounding. But yeah, within five yards, you probably Brees Hall was right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back upon it. I think you're onto something there. I'm going to have to go back and, and rewatch that one. Again. He was probably five or six, but but again, he had tremendous pressure on him. Purdy did. One one other thing. So I was locked in, of course, to the Iowa game. Yeah. And as I'm watching the replay and going back and watching everything from Iowa State last night, what happened to Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman? Uh, because they, I'm watching they, they it fast forward, sound. hitting the 30 yeah. second fast forward button, which is a little more difficult when teams go up tempo than it used to right. be. But uh, and I'm going through and playing. Their mics were their mics were out for a while. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, I, I noticed it. Well, it was hard not to notice. Right, right, right. All of a sudden, there's football going on, and nobody's saying a peep about it, which was fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was different. Let's get rich in here, then we'll get our uh, first break. We'll give you an opportunity to win a thousand dollars cash. That's coming up momentarily. Rich, welcome to the program. How are you, Rich? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, uh, 
Watson Iowa game, the most frustrating thing to me was, well, a couple things. How at least you don't put a spy on Bell. I don't care what if you're running nickel or dime, you gotta put a spy on that guy. Um second thing, I've been a you know, I'm fifty years old, I've been a lifelong Hawkeye fan. I can't remember a more abysmal defensive line. Yeah. And the lack of That's that. I point. mean Golston Golston's good, but the other guys, I mean I thought Nixon played okay. Yeah. Golston had a couple of plays Nixon, where he was clearly held, but that's it. Those Nixon, two guys. Yeah, Nixon played well. Yeah. He, he's not real. He's he's for his size. He's actually pretty quick. Yeah. Like Heflin, my God. Yeah, he had a bad game. That guy, he was horrible. And then two on the offense. I think they're close. Uh, I think some people are being hard on Petrus. I think I he's do got too. a cannon, you know. Um, but still. Way too conservative. How do you go from a game plan in the bowl game last year, opening things up a little bit? And I get it, you got a new quarterback, but it just seemed like. And then, too, what was the deal with Goodson? You know, he could basically rip off these runs, and then they hardly feature him in the second half. I didn't get, I didn't understand that. Particularly in the fourth quarter. Now, didn't get so, a touch. He, yeah, he didn't get a touch, which was, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate that. That's one that's. Uh, that Brian Ferentz is going to have to deal with. Yeah, and now it's Northwestern this week, and Bowser, well, mm-hmm. we just saw what happened mm-hmm. in the running game. They're yeah. going to go mad at him, but I think he brings up a good point. There's two pieces there. Nixon's a good player. Yep. Golson's solid. He's not a guy that gets to the quarterback a ton. But Wag- he was held a couple of times, Trent, that was mean. Wagner egregious. has the sack, at, would have been at the one-two yard line, mm-hmm. and just let him slip through his yep. fingers there. McConnell, McConnell's better than I anticipated, too. Yeah, I mean, you know okay. where he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know where he's going to be. I mean, as, as our last caller just said, somebody, Derek Bell has killed you the last two years. Bracket the receiver, yeah. put a spy, put an extra guy. Phil Parker again was out-schemed by Purdue. Mm-hmm. And this time it wasn't Jeff Brown, it was Brian Brown. Mm-hmm. That was the guy that out-schemed him. But 13 catches, 20 targets. Mm-hmm. Much like we talked to Iowa State, they have one guy. Purdue had one guy. One wide receiver that you had to worry about, and Iowa couldn't find a way. That's uh, coaching, right? Yeah, I think so, Trent. Uh, and here comes Peyton Ramsey, who's given this uh, Northwestern mm. team a huge, huge lift, I think. I think they're good. I know Maryland's awful. I shouldn't say I think Northwestern's good. Uh, Maryland's a bad football team. Yeah, that, that's the easier way to go. So is the, you know, we had this discussion at some point within the last couple of weeks. If not Wisconsin, who? Mm-hmm. If not Ohio State, who? Well, we all just, you know, thought that you know it's ridiculous to talk about if not Ohio State because it is Ohio State. Is Michigan now that team? Are you not? Are you really down I'm, on Minnesota? I, that defense was awful. They had so much COVID too. Offensive line was a mess. Kicking game, kicking game. You don't have kickers, right? You don't have punters. Then you're doing fake punts. I mean, yeah, come on, Phil. That, that's just. But that, that's that's waving the white flag. You yeah, didn't yeah. have a punter. Yeah, didn't. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Showed the kickoff. They got the uh, the recovery on oh. one of those short. Well, it just. I'm not willing to go there yet with Michigan. I'm not ready to go there yet with Milton. I think Penn State's going to play well. Penn State statistically Trent, dominated they, that football game. I have no idea how they lost. I don't think that that the quarterback was in. But how can you? You, how do you can't know? tell, right? No, you it can't. Was, it was the play was called a touchdown on the field. Do I think the ball hit maybe a quarter of an inch before he touched the pylon? Yep. Do I think maybe part of his forearm was on the ground before the ball? Yep. Can I tell? Nope. Got to leave it like that. And what a gutsy call to go for, yes. too. And here's the thing. As you started to mention, 
Trent, it never should have gotten there. No, not at all. I, Indiana, Allen let them score, and Penn State wasn't bright enough to realize what was going on. The game was effectively over. Fall down at the one, it is over. And if you had Penn State, you cover. <laughs> Unbelievable. Scott Dockerman next. Let's do this. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword HOME to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win 1000 bucks. HOME to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Miller and Condon till noon. Scott Dockerman coming up next. Uh, Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football 1105. Dave Sproul from KSI in Ames. He'll listen to Matt Campbell's teleconference. Maybe there's some Milton news coming out of that. We certainly hope so for Iowa State's sake. Uh, and then uh, he'll join us about 1130. Mr. Monday Night's got to make an appearance. Although Mr. Monday Night's team's playing tonight. Yeah, might, might throw things into a wrench. It, uh, I'm going to say that uh, Mr. Monday Night's all over the Rams without knowing what he's which way he's leaning. It's like you know me as a fan a little bit over there. Both coming off 4-1 and one, uh, yeah. in our yeah, sixty-two percent. I, I might, you know, Williams. You know, he's got his sponsored Centurion Stone locks uh-huh. of the week every week. But I don't know. There's one handicapper here on in this station that's over sixty-two percent on the year. It's not Chris Williams. Yeah, it's awful early, Trent Condon, to be patting yourself on the back. Yeah. A lot of betting still. Mr. To October go. here. Mr. October, you've had a good October. Ten thirty. Miller and Condon. Scott Darkman next. Fourteen sixty KX and one oh six. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Scott Dockerman writes for The Athletic. He was in West Lafayette. He joins us more on Iowa, about an hour away, a little bit less than that. Dave Sproul. Uh, will join us uh, from KASI up in Ames. Scott, uh, good to talk to you, Doc. Trent and Ken, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, look, at uh, 0-1, a lot of folks uh, very disappointed in the start. I understand they wait all year uh, for the start of, of Hawkeye football, and it doesn't go their way right out of the shoot in a game that you know most thought that they would be uh, come out on the right side of the scoreboard. Didn't happen. And a lot of arrows being pointed at Spencer Petras, Doc. I'm not one of them. Um, it's his first start. I thought he showed enough good things uh, that I would I would believe Iowa fans would, should be more encouraged than discouraged after one start. And I know that I'm painting with a broad brush, but what did you see in Petras? Uh, Petras was fine. I had no quarrels with him whatsoever. I mean, he missed a couple of passes, but that was his first career start. I thought... By and large, he did really well. I, I guess I hadn't really caught wind of him being the, the fall guy for what happened on Saturday. I mean, to me, it just came down simply to, to two aspects that really are un-Iowa-like, and that was uh, a, a ton of penalties and, and two fumbles. Uh, I think Iowa wins that game if Iowa can put those under control. It cuts the penalties in half, and it doesn't fumble the football. So uh, Spencer Petrus did his job. He did okay. He wasn't Graham Mertz, and I know, I know some people want to compare him to Graham Mertz, you know, who got an incredible debut for Wisconsin. But I think right now we're, you know, I think Spencer Petrus is fine. I thought his debut was better than Nate Stanley's, frankly. Yeah, yeah, he he went out there, and I don't think that's the problem with this team. But one of the big concerns we had, not even a concern with Petrus, just a question. But another question was defense and the defensive line and getting a pass rush. Weren't able to get to the quarterback very often. I thought Nixon played well. 
Golson was Golson. He was solid out there, but a couple of the other spots there, and also the rotation that Iowa likes to use. Not sure how much depth, how much depth is there. Your thoughts on the defensive line as a whole, and how concerning it's going to be maybe for the rest of the season. Yeah, that was the concern I had going into the game, and that was the concern coming out of the game. I thought, as you mentioned, Davion Nixon played better than any defender on the field, and and by in the fourth quarter he was double teamed on just about every play which showed the respect that the opponents had for him. And I agree with you about uh, Chauncey Golston. I thought he played well. Um, you know, he he got held a few times he did. and didn't get called. I, I'd probably be a little bit upset about that one. But, uh, you know, Jack Heflin was okay. He was kind of serviceable. But, there's uh, you know, there just wasn't enough production out of defensive end. They did have to blitz some, which helped them and hurt them, which it always does. So I do. They got to get something going there, and and we never, you know, we never ask because because you don't have a lot of time after the game. But I didn't. There was no Logan Lee, and I want to know more about that. Uh, and along with Austin Schulte was out. He'll be out for a few weeks. So there's a uh, there are some questions there that need to be answered and and be addressed because I asked it specifically why they didn't go to Raider and. and uh, Farron said that, look, you know, the, the way they were running the football, we couldn't be in Raider, and that makes sense. But they needed to generate more of a pass rush because uh, even without Rondale Moore, that's a dangerous passing attack. Yeah, it really is. And uh, Belton, or I think it was probably Belton that was out of position on the game winner, although he hit, he laid a hit earlier in that football game. It was just, my gosh, uh, unbelievable. Um, you know who else played well defensively? Barrington Wade, I thought, had his moments in the football game. It was good to see... Uh, did you notice him, Trent Wade, yeah, a couple yeah. of times? Had a sack. Had a sack. Didn't he have a pick, too, in, mm-hmm. the, pick, um, in the football game? Uh, he, st- he he popped up. But, Doc, where I think a lot of Hawk fans, um, and I and rightly so, end of the first half. I mean, here's your first-time starting quarterback, Spencer Petrus, with a really good arm, and he's bing, bang, boom, leading him down the field. His roommate, Regani's catching balls. And then they get to about the 10-yard line. Not a lot of time. They still had a timeout. But you're allowed to spike the ball and stop the clock, and yet they ran to they they gave the ball to Goodson, who picked up nothing and settled for a field goal. I thought they I'm not saying they're going to score there, but they left a couple of opportunities to score there at the end of the first half. I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. I completely agree with you on that. That's just yeah. Iowa has done that a lot of times when they go hurry up where they get to the line of scrimmage really quick, and then they try to run really fast, almost like they're trying to fool the officials or something. And they do this consistently, and they did it here again. And uh, Kirk Ferentz afterwards uh, was asked specifically whether or not he was playing for the field goal. He said no, and he said if he had to do it over again, they would have thrown. And uh, you know, But he goes, well, but we also thought the run could pop there too. And, but I, I guess that's where you, you look at coaching in the, in the moment. Uh, when you have 10 seconds left in the half and you're at the 10-yard line and you have one timeout left, you know, that, that's a guessing. That's like a Hail Mary when you're trying to run the ball in from the 10. So, I mean, you know, either you spike, you throw to the end zone, you have a weapon in Brandon Smith around the goal line. You know, they, they need to utilize him a little bit more when it comes to, uh, you know, throwing the ball up for grabs because if it's a 50-50 ball, he's catching it. Yeah. So that, to me, was a huge mistake when you look in the, in the context of the game. When you lose by four points, you settle for three. That's a touchdown. Maybe they're going to overtime instead. Maybe they do something different at the end of the game. So I, I agree. That was, a, that was a blown opportunity for Iowa. They had other 
plays that I thought were more impactful, but I think that one, uh, because it was a scoring situation, really came back to haunt them. Couple of uh, things on the offensive side of the football. First, Amir Smith Marset held without a catch, did get his hands on the ball a couple of different times on runs and kick returns, but didn't have a catch in the game and seemed a little frustrated by it. And then the decision, a lot more fullback in this game with Potabom, who I thought pretty played pretty well at the fullback position, but not as much Tyrone Tracy. Your thoughts on kind of those two elements of the offense? Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, I, I went through all of. Smith Marset's plays again, and he had five targets. He had a drop, and he didn't catch the ball. I mean, he looked like he was just uh, that. There may have been, you know, whether it was a hit on his foot or something, just didn't quite look right. And you know, they they were concentrated on him, which left open, uh, you know, Sam Laporta quite a bit. He did as good or better of a game the other day that he did even in the Holiday Bowl. I thought he was terrific. Uh, but you know, Tyron Tracy didn't uh, didn't touch the ball that much. He wasn't in the game that much, and I think part of it was that they went two tight ends and fullback, as you mentioned, a lot more often. And the running game produced it produced in a great way. Uh, and I thought Potabom was fantastic, actually, as a lead blocker. Uh, he really did a nice job. So I, I don't have a question with him playing with fullback playing. You know, even two tight ends to some extent. But, yeah, I do think that Tracy should have seen the field a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, maybe carry on a jet sweep once or twice more. Uh, but by and large, uh, it, it, you know, that really the game call, it was pretty simplistic. It was definitely simplistic when it came to personnel groupings. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, they could have incorporated just a little bit more. You know, uh, we probably won't uh, bring him up on the on the program, but I'm going to right now because I, I, I was impressed by Charlie Jones on special teams returning punts. I think he returned one kick dock in the game. Um, look, he's the this is the the transfer right, and see a junior or senior, see a junior. I think junior. I think he is too. He's well, a junior. Yeah. What do they What do they have there in Charlie Jones potentially? I know he's probably not going to get many opportunities to catch the football as deep as they are, but I think that they found a spot to get him on the field. He's got some athleticism doc yeah he's he's been a good player he was a good player at buffalo two years ago and in that kick and punt return role as well as as a receiver he was their best receiver so they really like it but he's done some really good things at camp uh he's definitely their number five receiver right now but you know as we mentioned they did they didn't even go four wide receiver once in that game so uh, it was it would have been hard for him to get on the field a little more often. So it's just, uh, but I think you're right. I think he's in a good role for him. I think he adds something. And you know, when you look last year, Nico Regani had you know had a lot of good returns, but he let the ball go away too many times. And then mm-hmm. Max Cooper really didn't do much when he had that opportunity. I think Charlie Jones may be the best of both worlds there, which is when the opportunity is there, he's going to take the yards, but. If nothing else, he's going to secure the football and uh, you know not give up that 15-yard roll behind him that'll that really hurts the offense. So I thought he did a really nice job the other day. Quickly have to turn the attention now to Northwestern. They run off 43 straight points after trailing three nothing to Maryland. Uh, look, Maryland's not very good. I think we can see that. But at the very least, after Northwestern had a good defense last year and no quarterback, Ramsey goes in there, does his thing. How tough is this matchup for the Hawks in your mind? It's it's going to be very difficult for Iowa, and I'm not saying that Iowa can't win because I think Iowa can. Win. I, I just know that 
this is a, an opponent that plays Iowa very different, mm-hmm. very tough. It's got a very good defense, as you mentioned. Patty Fisher is, uh, you know, one of the better linebackers we've seen in the last decade. And, uh, and Peyton Ramsey adds something to that offense. Now, as you mentioned, you know, Maryland is just dreadful. I mean, I think they're the worst team in the league. I think they are. And Michigan, and Michigan State's pretty close behind. But, uh, you know, I do think, uh, that, you know, so that, that is telling and they understand what they're going to get out of Iowa. Uh, you know, as I mentioned with the Hawkeyes, if it wasn't for penalties, you know, those third quarter penalties were just killers for them. I mean, because that ruined every single opportunity they had to take that take that lead. Because they actually, I, I thought they dictated tempo very well, other than up until the fourth quarter, and they couldn't. You know, I mean, they ran for more than five yards a carry. Uh, you know, Northwestern is going to be more difficult to run on. But I think Iowa is capable of doing more. They do a lot of growth. This, these are the, this is the type of game where when Iowa fans start wanting to play in Chicago or go play in Texas, you know, play Notre Dame or A and M or somebody like that off the bat, that you have to remind yourself that this program typically grows like this. This is why they play a back team to start because then they can make these mistakes that get to an opponent that's not going to hurt them. And Purdue did. And I'm not suggesting they could beat Purdue next week. You know, they they probably could. It could be a 50-50 game. But this is why Iowa plays these games. And uh, and so now with Northwestern coming up, um, this is a 50-50 game. And I think the, it's very important for Iowa to get on the right track, or otherwise this season is going to look lost, even though mm. I, I think they've got a pretty good team. Uh, last thing for you, Doc. What did you learn overall about the Big Ten West? You mentioned Mertz on Friday night. He was unbelievable. One incompletion. What a debut. Northwestern, I agree with you. Maryland's not much. Nebraska was in the football game for a while. Minnesota's the team to me that left me kind of... Uh, I'm not sure what they've got. They could run the ball with Ibrahim. they got a nice running. Obviously, Morgan's a good player. Trent's not uh, sold on the defense. They think that's the reason uh, that Joe Milton looked as good as he did. I think he's a talented player. Uh, but your biggest takeaway from the Big Ten West would be what? I think six teams have a chance to win the division. Oh, yeah. um, I don't think Iowa is, you know... <laughs> You know, I, I don't think Iowa played that bad other than the mistakes. I think Nebraska played well for considering who they played against. I don't think Minnesota's as good as everybody thought going in. I think offensively mm-hmm. they are and defensively they're not. Uh, you know, Wisconsin, you know, Mertz was unconscious. He was just terrific. But I don't think Illinois, I think Illinois is the weakest team in the division. And, uh, and they didn't run the ball that well. Um, so I, I do think that they are gettable. Uh, Northwestern's improved just like we thought. Uh, and Purdue is a, is a dangerous team, and now once they get Rondale Moore back, I mean they they can give anybody a, a tough game. So and they have a, a, the crossover schedule to, to get it done. So anybody in the West can can win these games. So I, I'm really anxious. I mean it could be a it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's six and two or five and three that ends up going to Indianapolis, and and that would be uh, something going up against Goliath. Indeed it was. <laughs> they looked awful salty. Uh, Scott Dockerman, great to talk to you. We'll do so a week from today. Have a wonderful week. Of course, you can read Doc at The Athletic. Uh, the Athletic, they always got great specials going on there. If you haven't already joined, we highly recommend it. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Going to do a couple of minutes on the defending Super Bowl champs when we come back. Nick Athens going to Oh, you want to talk about that Broncos game from I yesterday? I really huh? don't. <laughs> Boy, they're awful, Trent. They're just awful. That's okay. That's all right. They got three. They got three Super Bowls since I've been on the yeah, air. Yeah, wouldn't trade that for a nothing. I got a zero. It's true. 
Yeah, it's been, you weren't on the air in 85. No, I was not. Uh, we'll uh, take the time out to do a couple of minutes on the defending champs. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 107.0. Couple of minutes left. I want to give the Super Bowl champs a few minutes here with our friend Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. As the Chiefs kicked, you know what, and took names again as they made their way into snowy Denver on a Sunday afternoon. Didn't uh, hurt the Chiefs one little bit. Nick Athen joins the program. Nick, uh, the, uh, the Chiefs beat Denver by four touchdowns. In Kansas City was over eight on third downs. <laughs> I mean, you don't see that very often. A game they completely dominated, yet they didn't get one third down conversion. Just one of those weird stats, right? Yeah, you add that with the fact that the lowest offensive points uh, they were last um, yards per play. Last. I mean, it was just like you look at it and thinking, okay, well the score was the other way around, but uh, and the defense and the special teams came to play. The offense made just enough plays and. I guess on first and second down to be effective enough to win by that margin. But, uh, uh, you know, the Chiefs uh, didn't have their best day offensively, but if that's a problem they have going forward and the rest of the team plays like that, then, you know, I'm okay with that. 286 yards of total offense from the Chiefs, just an unthinkable number. It really is. At a game where they ultimately end with 43. Sorensen had the pick six. You, you mentioned, though, Kick offense. touchdown. Is there anything that you look at, though, that does concern you offensively in a game like that where, yeah, you can poke mm-hmm. some holes? What what jumped out to you that said, eh, maybe something to keep your eye on going forward? Not this week with the Jets, but after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, the way the schedule breaks out, they've got the Jets and they've got the Panthers, and then they get the bye weeks, and they go to the Raiders. So they got a month to figure this out. But they are going to have to fix the pass, the pass uh, protection uh, with that offensive mm-hmm. line. I mean, they're... Now teams are, are, are just, you know, pick your poison. So they're going to double-team Hill, um, and they're going to send four or five guys. Now, the Broncos did a lot of blitzing yesterday, which is probably a pretty smart thing to do, especially in the weather conditions. It didn't seem to – and they just didn't make the adjustments. Eric Fisher, for as brilliant as he has been the last two, three, four games, he, he did not have a good game. A lot of missed blocking assignments. The good news is these are things I think they can correct. I think Schwartz will be back in a few weeks. Um, you know, they may, they may dabble in bringing in another offensive lineman here, you know, to bolster the team, but, but that, that pass protection has to improve because at some point we're going to need Patrick Mahomes to win the game passing the ball and, uh, they have to be better prepared. Now they face some really good defensive fronts, you know, for the first six games of the season. The next few are, are aren't as good, so it gives us the time to maybe do some tinkering. Mm. Uh, let me end it on this, Nick. If you're, um, mm-hmm. do, do the Broncos have their quarterback? <laughs> uh, the Broncos don't have their head coach, yeah. and, and that's that's the biggest problem. I mean, listen, I, with respect, I think I think there has to be another voice besides John Elway. I don't think John Elway can hire the next head coach. Everybody questioned this coaching desire mm-hmm. years ago. I think Locke is the answer in Denver, but not with that coaching staff. You could see, I know there's, I don't know which player in Denver said the comment that he thought the Chiefs and the Broncos were virtually the same team. I mean, they're not. No. They're not because of coaching and they're not because the quarterback right. is talented. But if they're not careful, they're going to ruin this kid and he's going to end up, you know, being a star somewhere else. And, and ultimately, I think that's probably what's going to happen uh, because I don't know if Elway can admit his mistakes this quickly. But he's whiffed on head coaches, and it doesn't seem to be any of the organization that's going to loosen his power reins. And so, unfortunately, you know, it, it's 
it, it's a tough assignment right now because of L.A., uh, but Locke, I think, can definitely be the answer. Um, a lot of the bad decisions yesterday were him trying to make plays, and, and you know, when Lindsey went out, that was it. Yep. You know, he had to ride the whole thing on himself, and he just couldn't get it done, and the Chiefs came to play. That, that, that didn't help either. No, that's for sure. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, thanks for jumping on giving us a couple of minutes as the Chiefs to put another one in the win column. Thank you, Nick. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to yeah. talk to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Uh, hour number two coming up. Dave Sproul going to join us. Bottom of the hour, he covers Iowa State. Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football when we resume. It's Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 103.7.